0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to Square One, where they first started their business so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services.
1: Today we have Justin Mace with Moxie Van Co here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Justin builds awesome, cool cargo vans into camper vans he touches hundreds of them a year doing maintenance and retrofits justin says also he has seen a van come from every state in the united states to his shop to get some kind of retrofit or somebody fixing a do-it-yourself van or something like that so super cool to have justin justin manages about a dozen people and does a real cool job so thanks for being on justin
2: yeah. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me.
1: So, Justin, let's jump right into
2: it. You started Moxie Van in just 2020, right? Yes, that's correct. I've been building vans since 2017. Actually, even a little before that, started on some of my own vans that I had bought and built out, eventually sold those vans, and then kind of turned it into a business after that. Ended up you know, quitting the career that I was in for over 20 years. And What was that? It was a paintless dent repair. So I've always been in the kind of automotive industry, repair and restoration. So I already had a, a lot of experience in vehicles and automotive, how to take them apart and put them back together. And then even before that, you know, growing up, you know, when I was in high school, after high school every day, I went to welding school. So I went to trade school, did that for years, have many certifications in that. So I've always been a welder fabricator. Nice. Those are my my skills and background that kind of led me to van building. We love it. In all clarity,
1: Justin and his team built a cool van for me and the family, and the boys just love it. So that was really cool. So if you've only been in business for three years, is that right? Explain to us, like, you got this cool shop. You're pumping out hundreds of vans. Every time I go and see you, there's at least seven or eight vans in the shop. There's a dozen outside waiting for service. I mean, how did you go from zero to 50
2: that quick? Well, starting out, you know, it was just relationships. So, you know, knowing a lot of people and kind of looking at what they might want. And uh, it was really word of mouth is what got it going. you know, doing the best job I could doing as high end build as I could on their van and, you know, trying to get them what their vision was, building that and kind of took off from there and then got more into the social media advertising type way to grow your business. And that kind of helped expand into other States, but yeah, I mean really word of mouth is it's always the best in a lot of different businesses. So doing the best job we could, you know, we're building their dream and every van is different. So people's needs and their hobbies are different. So one van we might get some mountain bikers and that's their thing. So we're kind of building the van around that type of hobby or, or just a travel van or now we've kind of gotten into so many other things. Or We're building dog show vans. And I mean, we could even build a podcast studio in a van. Like there's Uh-oh. a lot of other, <laughs> we see all kinds of different aspects of,
1: of vans. So let's talk about that sexiness that you sell already. Every time that I'm at your shop, There's somebody just happy, dude. Like you said, uh, you're putting a bike rack, a retractable bed, uh, solar panels, battery banks, all that. Like I saw a little transit van that you cut the top off and made it like an old van again or whatever the Volkswagen was. Super cool stuff. So
2: what's like the funnest stuff that you do? That kind of stuff. I mean, we like and myself and, you know, my employees as well. We like coming to work because every day it's different. It's never the same thing. It's not an assembly line type of process. It's very creative. There's a lot of artistry in it. So every day we're problem solving. So we look at something, and say, how can we do this? You know, how can we figure out to fabricate this and you know get the van built to do the certain thing? So there's so many exciting things. You're talking about like beds that are converting into
1: seats and coolers that can be freezers and um, you put a cool little table in ours and just all kinds of just super fun stuff. Yeah. Earlier, we were talking about complexities of the job that you do. It brings up a real good question that we would see is, um, and again, our podcast is kind of like, it's fun to be an entrepreneur these days or a CEO or whatever, but nobody really talks about the hard parts. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you've seen along the way in the last couple of years that are difficult, but also explain to us, like, you are dealing with a different product every day, a different height, a different width, a different length, a different insulation product, a different color of cloth that goes in, a pain-in-the-ass customer that wants hard storage instead of soft storage. You want a retractable bed. How do you get your team members How do you get them on board, man? Like, how do you train them to do so much unique
2: stuff? Well, that is a really tough thing, actually. So as far as my team goes, my employees, you know, I do my best to hire a lot of skilled, differently skilled employees. So I might have a carpenter, a welder fabricator, an electrician, 12 volt automotive electrician, which is very different all these different employees that's their specialty even though every day they're doing lots more than that i integrate that together kind of mesh that together so it gives us a broad capabilities the hardest part is just like you said there's a lot of so many different types of materials and components and vans as well all kinds of different van sizes and they're constantly changing so you have to really be into or passionate about this market and be into it to see the changes know about when new products are coming out from a manufacturer there's a lot of studying that you have to do and of course i do that and it's a tough thing to get my employees i mean they're excited about their job but you know when you go home from work you know are you on your phone do you get on your computer researching yeah a lot of them probably not right but that's you doing that? I don't do it every day. But when you're in it, you're gonna catch those things and absorb them. You know, I'm talking to a lot of dealers and manufacturers. I'm getting a lot of emails. Now it's to the point where people are reaching out to me. So that's kind of how I become aware of a, a new material or product that's available. And then I kind of look at it, mm, maybe that might work in our band builds, or maybe it won't. You really have to be immersed in the market of this to know
0: everything that's coming out so justin i love how you're saying that like you hear about different products from other people within the same field right yeah you talked earlier about something that's so interesting to me like you've got vans coming all across the country and of course we talked about word of mouth being really the primary source of marketing but i've got to think that if you've got like if you've got a build that's coming from middle of nowhere, New Mexico, let's just throw that out there, for example, that maybe they're seeing Moxie Co in another way. Um, you said that you do marketing, social media marketing. Quick question on that. Do you do that in-house? We do that in-house. Now I have a marketing person. That's really cool. I'd love to hear more from that person one day as far as <laughs> yeah. just how... They get this reach, right? I don't think that we have had another guest on that has had the extent of reach that you guys do. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation for that reason. Another question, when someone like they pay for a service through you guys, Uh if they have a van and they're coming from Colorado, for example, are they usually driving the van from Colorado and staying in Chattanooga or are they having like a third party transport that for them? Both actually. Okay. So it
2: all just depends on the customer and what their capabilities are. We have a lot of customers that want to see the shop and be hands on with their van and drop their van off because the van build takes a while. If it's a a small service, you know, it might get done in a day or a few days. A full build is going to take a few months. And we typically do a lot of brand new vans and we work on a lot of used vans vans that people have owned for a while but a lot of the full builds are you know same as malcolm starting as a brand new van so if you were to order a van it can be drop shipped to my shop i've had so many vans that the customer's never even seen the van before we started working on it which i actually like the customers see the van because they can truly see an empty metal shell and then the finished product later on and you know it's a cool process for them to to see the the
0: final nice So you came from paintless dent repair. Correct. It's not like out of the realm of understanding how you landed up here, but I still would like to hear what was the inspiration that you had? And you also said that you had done some builds yourself, right?
2: Yeah. I guess my pull to even want to get into the the van building market, camper van building was it's not, oh, that looks like a good business. I want to start that. It was it's something i'm interested in. i'm a mountain biker, traveler, snow skier and these vans just are the best thing for that. They make the most sense. You can leave your gear in the van, you know, put your bikes in it. It's pretty awesome to travel. So, i'm big into the outdoors and that was kind of my pull like the camping in the outdoors, camper van industry is is already something i'm into and then i was also in you know, vehicles, cars and trucks and knew a lot about them and, you know, been working with car dealers forever. So I was already kind of used to selling jobs and dealing with customer service type stuff. So I guess that's kind of the reason Yeah, decided to do it. That's awesome. It wasn't so much I'm choosing to do this. It's like, this is what I'm interested in. I don't think anybody on here
1: that we've had or anybody I know in my life, honestly, has a career or a business now by following something they loved. Like I'm always told, hey, try to find something you love. And I'm like, I don't really know what that is. So kudos to you for (laughs) turning that passion and love into a business. And that's kind of the whole reason for the podcast here is you did follow a passion. You did love it and you still do, but like, Tell us the dark and dirty (laughs) of like, you know, like you might be wanting to paint or build vans, but what's some of the negative shit that you're like, oh man, now I'm pulling my hair out because of what is some advice you could give to a listener that's a negative thing about following that passion that you've seen?
2: Well, I kind of believe that every job is stressful and has its ups and downs. So it kind of almost doesn't matter what you go into, but It's more how you handle that and build from there. Um, Yeah, there's definitely, you know, I love what I do. I love going to the shop every day and working with the employees. But, you know, we've got a lot of grown adults with different days feeling different things. So um, it's like delivery day for us and for myself is the most exciting because we get customers that are super excited to pick up their van. And I mean, there's all kinds of hard dark parts, I guess, you know, it's frustrating things that you can't control are probably the toughest things like parts that are in back order and you are missing a deadline and a customer's not happy because they thought their van was going to be done last month. It's not like I can just work harder and make that van done quicker. It's we're waiting on this material and this part and customer doesn't always understand that, but that's just how it is. We have some really awesome customers too. They give us shout outs and everything, but there, from time to time are some tougher customers that just, you know, just different personalities. So I do my best to, uh, you know, to win them over. If it is a tough customer, I actually, you know, make it my point to, cause I want everyone leaving our shop as a friend. So it's not just give me your money. Here's your van or your service. So the tougher customers, I put a lot more work into. And it's worked out pretty good. I've had some customers that we've gotten into it, and now we text each other and call each other, and they're still tough people. (laughs) But a lot of it is just understanding the different personalities. So I try to understand where they're coming from if they're having an issue.
1: I feel like in a world that we live in, because you're delivering a super unique product, right? Managing expectations is something that's a difficulty that we see constantly, And I think it's probably safe to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if anybody were to go into such a unique field, building vans or, you know, anything, managing that customer has to be a full-time job, is it
2: not? It is. It really is. Yeah. You know, the customer and the employees, too. So, I have to teach the employees, like, this is our level of work that we're doing. You know, we're not taking a shortcut here. So... I feel like managing the employees is tougher than managing the expectations of the customer actually. But, you know, with customers, we try to be very, very clear upfront. This is what we're doing and anytime they don't understand like what's the van because like with anything else, building a house, it's hard for a customer to know what's it going to look like the final product. So I do my best of trying to explain that and show them samples of products show them other photos Oh, we did this in this van you should check this out this is what this is going to look like and then they are like oh that looks great that's not what i expected at all so kind of getting out of my head the things that i know that subconsciously i don't even have to think about but i sometimes i need to show them the quality of the work and what it's going to look like in the end so you
1: say that the customer side is difficult, but the employee side is even more difficult. I would assume that it makes it more difficult just for training and you know all that. I mean, in the majority of other professions, you can have a checklist and it says you do number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. But in a world that's
2: so unique, do you have a check? You don't have it? Like, tell us, how is that? We've tried. We do our best. It is just what you said. There's so many... Different things that we do and a lot of it's so custom and can, you know, adjust and change uh, any particular item, any particular thing being built into a van that checklists are really hard. We try to be very organized. We're organized with our materials, our inventory, try to keep our shop very organized, like, you know, clean up your station after you're done working. So it's organization is like top priority for us. And I do make lists. So for each van, you know, I have like a build list, a build sheet, and it's taped to the van. And so each employee can look at that. Oh, we have this to do. We have this to do. Like, it's not foolproof, but it's still tough, though, because everything is so changes so much. And there's so many products out there. It might be on the list. My employee, like, what's this? I've never even seen this before. So in my mind, just the complexities, uh,
1: would make me pull my hair out, but, uh, (laughs) the world's big on, and it should be right now is leadership. And I feel like, uh, to have such unique employees and a unique product and a unique customer, you put a lot of empowerment into your team to make them own
2: that and do the right job. How do you do that? That's, that's a tough one. That's a a daily job for me. Um, I do my best to empower them, just as you said. Even just in our shop, every corner of our shop, you know, they have stations like we have an upholstery station, a welding station, where all the tools live. And I have given each employee, this is your area to keep clean and organized. You're in charge of this. And then also, you know, just different positions like my electrician. That's who any of the other guys will go to for any input on what they're doing or, you know. So they all basically have a leadership role. Basically. That's tough.
1: Um, Good for you. So let's jump into a a business question here. Uh, What's a strategy or tactic that somebody in, well, your line of work, because let's just face it, there's probably 100,000 people in a garage building vans these days. And you said what took you to the next level of doing hundreds a year. Would that be social media presence or what's your
2: take there? That helps. It's hard for someone out there or, or so, let's say someone that's looking to buy a van or get a camper van. It's hard for that person to differentiate amongst the different companies or who's going to provide them with the best product you know one that's built well using good materials so sometimes it's tough for them to see the difference between this one person building a van in the garage versus this company over here and we see so many vans you know we work on a lot of diy vans a lot of vans built by other companies and you're probably laughing at some of these when they come in yeah Yeah. i mean and and we've had customers come in let's say for some electrical work because something wasn't working right in their van, and we open up their cabinet. It looks like a rat's nest. And like, I don't understand why it's not working. I had this company out in Colorado build this for me. I'm like, you're probably thinking, I don't know how anything is working in here. (laughs) And it, you know, it's tough. You can't just go off visual. I've seen a lot of vans that finish wise, they're really great looking vans. Cabinetry was great. But then when we Broke down the van to whatever we were working on. Apparently, like the electrical system was a disaster. Whoever built that van was a great carpenter, but had no skill in, in electrical work. So that's a tough thing for customers to know and and pick through. So
1: I'm assuming you're at like the higher level price wise, right? Or am
2: I wrong? We're really not. Why not? Well, we should be, but we try not to gauge our pricing based off what other people are charging. It's more just looking at ourselves, looking at our own expenses, looking at, you know, my payroll, all the overhead, because the bottom line, we want to deliver a quality van to that customer that is good value, but also where we can stay in business.
0: So with our listeners, I think that sometimes people can easily fall into the mind frame of, I can do what I love or I can make money. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With you guys though, it seems like you've been able to mesh the two camps of thought together. And I think that that's so cool. It's so cool to see that. But do you guys still see that there's some margin built into the industry or the business that would be appealing for someone looking to get into your industry?
2: Um. I think it's getting tougher and it will continue to get tougher there. So it's amazing just in the past three years, all the components and materials that we buy, they're so much more expensive now. And that's, what's really driven up not just our prices on a build, but everyone's and that's made it tougher. The margins tougher. So even though we're going up in price, We're not making any more margins than we did three years ago. So we constantly have to check, check our estimates, check prices of all the materials, raw materials and components that we're buying to make sure we're going up. So I don't know, I think it's going to get a little tougher. I mean, it's not a, a need, it can fluctuate with the economy more.
1: You're probably seeing that. I mean, COVID everybody's like, I want to be outside so that was probably
2: great for you. Yeah, it boomed it. Of course there was always a flip side to it. Then we couldn't get vans and then we couldn't get seats and components and it's like here we have unlimited work but we can't fulfill it. So,
0: let me ask kind of a more technical question to follow that up and I'm going to kind of tell on myself here a little bit. I long story short was on a UTV and I clean took out a guy's like canopy pole his, his overhead canopy on his van and it was beautiful i felt so bad i just did not see it there he told me after the fact that that part was going to have to be ordered from italy and you know that basically told me everything that i needed to start almost crying at that point, thinking about how much it was going to cost. Do you see that a lot of your supplies are coming from countries that are just naturally oriented with higher price of production? Some
2: are. Okay. Yeah. And in our world, parts are coming from all over. So I know exactly which canopy awning you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Italy makes great awnings. Um, So stuff's coming from all over the world. You know, Europe is probably 10 years ahead of us in the camper van world. They're very popular over there. So there are a lot of components and parts that come from Europe. Still a lot of things like everything that come from China. Yeah. And a decent amount from the U.S. as well. And Canada and just kind of all over the world. Okay, cool. Um, One of
1: our funnest questions we ask here is, tell us about one of your greatest failures and what you learned from it. Would you be able to open up with us?
2: I mean, there's been a lot of times where I have a hard time saying no to customers. And that's probably one of the things I I try to work on, or at least check myself to like, hey, we probably shouldn't do this job. Um, Because we do a lot of, you know, myself and my employees we have a lot of skills and we are able to do a lot and we get a lot of calls from people that oh I've called 15 different van builders and none of them will work on my van I'm like we'll bring it in and we'll work on their van and some of those have turned (laughs) into disasters I'm like well now I know why they no one wanted to work on this van or school bus or so there's been some instances where I'm like I shouldn't have We lost money on that job.
1: Okay. So specifically speaking, um, looking back now, would you have just told them no or would you have charged them more?
2: A few instances just told them no.
1: But that leaves a customer out there with a van that has a problem that nobody's going to fix. Yeah.
2: It wasn't so much the van or the vehicle. It was more the customer than the vehicle was the issue. But is
1: there a way, like, you can determine that up front? Are they a pain in the ass clearly when they're coming to you or what?
2: Yeah, sometimes sometimes you don't know because they, right, right. they want you to work on there and they kind of hide what they really want. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the tough part. And it's really, we get a lot of ask that they want us to do something that isn't based in reality. It's not that we don't want to do this. Is
0: this, you should not do this. <laughs> <laughs> so – Justin, one of the questions that we really like to ask basically all of our guests is about a top book recommendation, but here's what I'm going to challenge us with today. I still want to mention that, but I also would like to follow that up with something that you mentioned earlier, which is that you're heavily involved in the outdoors. So if you could give us an outdoors recommendation too, maybe it's uh, mountain biking in Moab, skiing in Jackson Hole, just a significant experience that you had. Yeah, both (laughs) those take some money. Um, Just any any experience that you have especially enjoyed, I'd like to hear about that too. Well, I have lots of experiences
2: there. I could talk for a while because that's my thing. Been lucky enough to travel all over the world, lived in Europe for a while. I guess I could probably talk more about traveling in a van. Hmm. Last summer, took my family to Colorado in a van, and we just... You know, no plans, any campgrounds, just camped in the National Forest, all through the mountains. How old are your kids? They're 11 and 8. Okay. So a lot of seeing the sights, you know, hiking, biking. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I've done so many van trips, mountain biking trips, bike races, and all over the country. And just even in our neck of the woods on the East Coast here, there's so much to see. And the, a van makes it more accessible. So your outdoor recommendation is get a van. Get a van. And go. And go anywhere. I mean, explore your own backyard. I mean, we're next to the Smokies and um, all the Appalachian Mountains here and all the national forests. There are so much to see. So many gravel roads and waterfalls and hikes and campgrounds. So much that people living just in our town here don't know it's
0: right next door. And... Any significant book recommendation that you got for us?
2: Uh, I read one called Profit First. By Mike Michalski or whatever? Yeah. Of course, the whole time I'm reading up and thinking, how can I do this with my business? <laughs> when you I have, have a weird business. <laughs> <laughs> when you
1: read that book, aren't you kind of like, man, I started this thing and I must have been an idiot. Yeah. Like, why would I not have done that? Yeah. So that's a good recommendation, Profit First.
2: Yeah, it was a great book. But yeah, I found myself frustrated several times. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it wrong, but um, it is a great book.
1: Awesome. I love that recommendation. So to wrap up our uh, podcast here, Justin, help us. It's called the Square One Podcast. So we try to ask you to go back to Square One. If you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself?
2: Well, read profit first, (laughs) read read profit (laughs) first, then start a business. I would probably focus more, not be so broad. We're in it now and we're we're broad and do a lot of things, but it's a lot to keep up with. I find myself well, it's hard to find free time and family time and you know, that's a constant juggling act. I think if you can focus on certain products or a certain job and specialize more in that, it might not be as exciting and creative, but it can allow you more free time. I love that. That's a good one. Our last guest
1: even mentioned something like we're so complex as, you know, business owners or higher level CEOs or whatever that it's just, you just can't really check out. And I would say with all of the stuff that you got going on, it's always processing in your mind, even on your road trip to California, you're like, Oh, I think of that but specifically would you say something like hey we're only going to do retro and and not do like full builds or like what would you fo- what would you
2: yeah so similar to that yeah just focus on or not do a custom and just do one here's one layout and we just do this or just build products okay so be that company that just manufactures and sells products to anyone other van builders or other DIYers or anyone with a van.
1: I'm thinking about the the housing market and some of the successful builders, they build like only spec homes. And if you want to custom change anything, you can after you buy it. Do you not do any like spec builds?
2: We do. Occasionally the problem for the last couple of years has been able to get vans. So I have vans on order every year. We get lots of emails and calls. Hey, do you have any vans available? Well, Everyone that I've ever ordered, I've sold before I've even gotten the van, so I never get the chance. Uh, you know, if if the car market the, or the manufacturing side of things comes back around, if it ever does, and there's more supply, then we could do that, and it would it would make it a lot easier because then we know the best materials and what to put in a van what makes the most sense changing that for a certain customer is not as efficient so it's just a hard thing to do right now sure
1: well thank you very much for your time i appreciate you coming in justin with
0: thank you justin thank you for having me
1: thank you for listening to square one podcast a podcast brought to you by omni home services where we rep chattanooga home inspector nuclear
0: pest control elevate home staging and design and radon eraser we release a new episode each week so be sure to subscribe on spotify apple or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode